Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. If you miss any of the show, make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and elsewhere. My name's Nate Williams. I'm glad to be talking with you tonight and talking about news, life, faith, all that good stuff. And Greg Davis, he'll be out for the next couple weeks. He is getting ready to head to Israel. And that's extremely exciting. I hope to go to Israel one day. A lot of incredible things there. I'd love to be able to read the Bible as I'm at the location of whatever chapter I'm reading. So it's Jesus is giving a sermon, if he's having an interaction with the Pharisees, whatever it might be, it would be super awesome to be reading your Bible there. I, I can't even imagine. So be praying for Greg as he is out. There might be some ways for him to talk with us and give you updates on how the trip's going. But uh, it'll be a lot of me talking, Andrew. I know that just excites Andrew. Andrew just wakes up and he thinks in his head, I can't wait to listen to Nate just drone on and on and on. Isn't that right, Andrew? Doesn't that just excite you? So much. Absolutely. So Andrew's now in. Stuart had to step out. Andrew, how was your weekend? Have you been up to anything? Mine was uh, uneventful. I didn't really do anything this weekend. Now, when you say uneventful, some people would be like, oh, that's really boring. Other people would be, uh, they might say, oh, well, nothing bad happened. That's great. How do you take a chill weekend? I like them. Uh, I obviously enjoy having plans more, I would say. Okay. But I don't mind a quiet weekend at home by myself. You don't mind a relaxing weekend. I think that's the way to go. So Andrew Stewart, they do a great job over there producing, answering your phone call. Speaking of which, call in 205-941-1011. You can call or text that number to uh yeah 205-941-1011 i want to hear your thoughts on the things we're talking about for our next story nikki haley confirms the third gop presidential debate will be held in alabama which i think is really awesome it's something to potentially go to i don't know how tickets work i don't know how seating works i can't watch presidential debates because I get so upset's not the word. I just get when I know a particular person, whether right or left, they're not telling the whole truth or they're purposefully phrasing things in a misleading way or misciting statistics. I get I get triggered, I guess could be a word. I just get really mad. And and when Joe Biden and Trump went at it in the last presidential debate and they were just yelling at each other and talking over one another, I told my family they were they were my wife was watching and some other members of the family were watching. I said, I can't do this. I, I just can't watch this it's too painful i wish we could converse with people who disagree with us as opposed to yelling at one another like it's some performance for points andrew okay presidential debate rolls around 2024 does that interest you do you watch those or does that not interest you i watched the pretty much every single 2016 debate okay uh and then in 2020 
I don't think I watched any, regardless of primary or what. I don't think I watched a single one. Okay. I think I think I did a little bit of that and I want to hear your thoughts. 2024, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or Biden or I don't know, maybe RFK Jr. will continue on his trek to be the Democratic candidate. Are you going to watch the presidential debates? Do they interest you? Call in or text in 205-941-1011. I often I'll start at the beginning. But then when I hear certain things being said, I'm like, nope. And maybe I just need to stop being a sissy and have a thicker skin. I want to hear what you have to say. Call or text in 205-941-1011. Will you be watching the 2024 presidential debates? But what I'll do after the debates are over is I will look at the various commentators, depending on if they have an opinion I actually care about, and I'll hear their thoughts. I'll listen to podcasts. I'll read articles and from those on the left, those on the right try to get a good balance of things that are said and uh, I'll, I'll kind of get my opinion from their analysis i'll watch clips and things like that but i typically won't watch the whole debate but will you call or text in 205-941-1011 i was thinking about this idea and i don't know it probably would be terrible it probably would be awful but imagine the civility that would return to our system if you had, okay, whoever won the, the, the election would become president, but the loser would become the vice president. Okay, so in, in this past election, Joe Biden would be the president, Trump would be the vice president. Now, I think in that arrangement, the country would eat itself alive even more than it has. But what if, depending if you have two actually sane candidates, imagine if there was some arrangement where you had to work with the losing party. You had to, and I think I could be wrong about this. I need to brush up on my history. I think that was kind of the case in in depending on how far back you go in the country, where you did have to work more with the opposing side. And what if that would have a calming effect knowing that, oh, I have to work with you. Now, I might be president over you, but if you're going to be my vice president, uh, is that even possible these days? Or am I just wishful thinking? Because I really want an alternative to the nastiness that is our political system where we're all just performing for one another, competing to see who could be the most outraged. I know it's idealistic. Call me a dreamer. But what if there's just some other way of working with the other side, no matter what side you're on, to where to actually get things done? You can't be incredibly radical. I'm thinking AOC, the Green New Deal, trying to control cows and their flatulence. Instead of going like extreme in either direction, actually having to work with one another. This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. On the other side, we'll have more news for you. Don't go anywhere. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. 
Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. We want you to be a part of the show. Yes, you. To make comments or ask questions, call or text Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... This is Priority Talk Radio coming at you with more news. And like I was saying on the before the break, we're looking at, at potentially, if Nikki Haley is correct, a GOP presidential debate in Alabama. Andrew, if you had the choice, let's say you were given free tickets, would you go to a presidential debate? Probably. I mean, probably. So you would go. I guess I would, too. It seems pretty, uh, it's a unique opportunity. But anyway, so I, I just thought that was exciting. A presidential debate in Alabama. I don't know where. The first debate is in Wisconsin. And the second debate is at uh, the Reagan Library. And the third debate is in October, according to Nikki Haley. Anyways, I thought that was pretty cool. And I also wasn't crazy. I, I remember a little bit, okay. For the history teachers out there, your students do remember random things from, from your teaching. Don't think that we're not listening. We, we do. Now, we don't remember probably the things you want us to remember, but I knew I wasn't crazy going back <clears throat> into history a little bit. But there was a time when the vice president of the United States uh, was the runner-up of the presidential election. So if you were the runner-up to be president, you became the vice president for a certain time. And But when did that, when did that stop? When did that change? That was in 1804 when the 12th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified, says David Ward, senior historian at the National Portrait Gallery. The amendment was proposed after the 1796 election resulted in a president, John Adams, and vice president, Thomas Jefferson, from opposing parties. And the 1800 election led to a tie between Jefferson and Aaron Burr. They were members of the same party, the Democratic slash Republican, but it took the House of Representatives 36 contentious ballots to break the tie, electing Jefferson president and Aaron Burr vice president. In 1804, Jefferson was reelected and George Clinton became the first vice president under the 12th Amendment. So I wasn't crazy. There was a time when the vice president was the runner up to the presidential election. So I just I can't our, our politics are so polarized now. 
I can't even imagine Trump being the vice president to Biden. I I think there's just so much hatred, whether real, imagine, imagined, fake. You, you have to play to your base, but then afterwards you go play golf with the same guys you were yelling at an hour ago. Uh, good old boys club kind of deal. Yes, there's some of that that goes on, but I can't even imagine that happening today. But I would love just some suggestions for making politics more civil. Can we actually sit down and have a conversation? Think about it in your own life. Most of our listeners will be more conservative. Uh, we are a more conservative Christian, conservative politically. We're not ashamed of that for sure. So if you are a Republican listening... When are you able to sit down with your Democratic friends, your uh, those who vote generally dem uh, Democratic in the elections? Can you actually talk to them? Can you have a civil sit down political conversation or does it immediately devolve into yelling at one another? If you are a Democrat and you're listening to the show, can you talk to your Republican friends civilly with kindness and patience? Are, are you good at listening? This is what gets me. I'm not great at it. Are you good at listening without interrupting? Uh, oh, but what about this? Uh, or you forgot about that. Uh, we always come up with a whataboutism. Uh, you say this about a candidate, then we say, well, what about Bill Clinton? That's the thing with Trump. Trump's not always treated women in the best way, whether illegal or not, is beside the point uh, with respect from a Christian point of view. But then Republicans will say, well, what about Clinton? And we play about the whataboutism game, which sometimes is fair, sometimes is not. Regardless, regardless, can you actually talk to your neighbor who votes differently than you? I want to hear your thoughts. Call or text in 205-941-1011. The first question I asked, uh, this was uh, before the last break, do you watch the presidential debates or do you just ignore your TV for that night? Do you watch the presidential debates? You can still call or ask about that. The next question I have is, can you talk to your neighbors or your coworkers who vote differently than you? Can you actually have a conversation with them? Or do you start yelling at your neighbor or they start yelling at you? It can go both ways. I'm actually interested, and I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on how to simmer things down a little bit when it comes to the election season, because it would be great if we could just talk about stuff without being all nasty. Moving on from that topic, again, feel free to call or text on it, and we'll move on to a different topic for now. The Ninth Circuit, again, this is from the Daily Wire, a different news story. A Ninth Circuit, again, refuses to let West Coast cities remove homeless people until they provide shelter for all. And then there are three conservative justices that slam the appeals court's decision in dissent. And so basically what this court is saying is that you can't remove homeless people camping or sleeping outside in public areas because this violates the Eighth Amendment, which prohibits excessive punishments. And so in West Coast cities, 
the homeless population is getting terrible. And so this is uh, Justice Daniel Bress, a Trump appointee. This is what uh, he had to say. Looking out the windows of the Ninth Circuit's courthouse in San Francisco, one sees the most difficult problems plaguing big city America on display. Homelessness, drug addiction, barely concealed narcotics dealing, severe mental health impairment, the post-COVID hollowing out of our business districts, Bress wrote in his dissent. And uh, this is another one. Uh, Mylon Smith Jr. wrote this. There are stretches of Los Angeles where one cannot help but think the government has shirked its most basic responsibilities under the social contract, providing public safety and ensuring that public spaces remain open to all. Homelessness, and this is now just the article, homelessness in major cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles, as well as many smaller cities dotting the western coast, has only gotten worse since before the pandemic. Harrowing scenes of homeless people engaging in open-air drug use and living in filth on city streets continue to come out of the neighborhoods most in need of help. Los Angeles, uh, homelessness is up 10% this year. It rose to about 75,000 people. Oh, oh goodness, that's a lot of people homeless in a city. In the Bay Area, about 38,000 people are homeless on a given night, up 35% since 2019. More than 7,000 people are homeless in San Francisco itself. And so there's just open-air drug use, no, no, no shame, no hiding. There's drug dealing just open. The cops won't do anything about it. No one does anything about it. And so our cities, particularly in blue states, but it can be really anywhere, our cities are decaying and they're crumbling. And it's it's similar to what you probably would find in third world countries to the point where third world countries, it's how you might describe big cities in the U.S. It's third world within a first world. And it's heartbreaking because I, I have a conservative impulse to roll my eyes at homelessness. Oh, if you want to do better, just do better. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard and get a job. And and I have to be careful there because there's a part of that that is correct. We need to work hard. You need to provide for your family. Paul says that's if those who don't provide for their family, if I'm quoting this correctly, worse than non-believers. So, yes, you do have you need to work hard, work with your hands, live, live good lives of service to your community, your family. Yes. But also people do make mistakes and Christians, we should be the first ones there to serve and to love and to help. And that means the homeless as well, even if they've made mistakes. But then there's the conservative counter. You can only help those who want to be helped. And many people, uh, at this point, I imagine many thousands of people, will move to California just so that they can be homeless. And if they want to be homeless, there is no helping them. But then there's the gospel answer of, regardless, we need to be there. Churches need to be planted ministries need to be started that god loves 
everyone, no matter the poor decisions that they make. And so in my brain, which is not an enjoyable place to be because I play devil's advocate with everything, uh, I go back and forth between various gospel principles, work hard, provide for family. Also, uh, be there for those who are unfortunate, those who have made poor decisions, because God is the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, but then also those who need help will get help, and there are opportunities and ways to get up on your feet again. Anyways, that's just some of my thoughts there, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse, uh, homelessness. This is uh, from 50 Cent. Uh, His real name is Curtis Jackson. Says that the homelessness and the crime, it's going to get worse. Los Angeles, to him, he says, is finished. And starting at midnight, when was the story? This is July 10th. Starting at midnight tonight, the sheriff's department will no longer detain people for crimes such as theft, shoplifting, drug use, vandalism, battery, and a whole host of other non Oh my goodness. This is described as non-serious, non-violent crimes that affect the quality of life of people here in Los Angeles County. Deputy District Attorney John McKinney says in a social media clip, Uh, L.A. Deputy D.A. John McKinney explains that due to a certain uh, political, uh, certain legal ruling, many people arrested will be released immediately without having to pay bail before their arraignment. And so with all these crimes, theft, shoplifting, drug use, vandalism, battery, and a whole host of other crimes, uh, people won't even be held. They'll be arrested and released immediately. What this does is it encourages crime because there's going to be no punishment. Imagine uh, stealing and shoplifting and vandalizing and, and committing battery. You're arrested and released immediately. Well, I'm just going to keep doing it at that point. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing is going to stop me. And uh, this is what... uh, Oh, goodness. I'm now trying to find the quote from uh, 50 Cent, a real name, Curtis Jackson. Uh, He spoke, uh, uh, took to Instagram to post a video clip of a news report about a federal judge's decision that holding inmates until they can pay cash bail is a violation of their constitutional right. And so uh, this is his comment. L.A. is finished. Watch how bad it gets out there. Uh, Shaking my head was his comment. So crime is soaring. During the height of the COVID pandemic, Los Angeles County did away with cash bail to ease overcrowding in jails. Since then, the crime rate has soared. In the downtown area in 2022, there was a 25% rise in violent crime, such as rape, compared to 2019, USA Today reports. According to the paper's data, or data, violent crime in one neighborhood, Rancho Park, rose 114% between 2019 and 2022. L.A. police say mental illness, rampant drug use, and homelessness are to blame. And their answer, and their answer is just to let crime go, arrest and release immediately before paying bail. Do we want our cities to be destroyed? Do, Do we just want that? It's heartbreaking. 
It also doesn't help those who commit crimes. See, this is the thing. People think it's merciful. Well, okay, someone commits a crime, let them go. No, it's not, because if they do something terrible, maybe some time in jail might make them think. I've had friends that they, they committed a lower-level type crime, and they spent a day or two in jail, and that was enough. That was enough. Now, for your hardened criminal, they will roll their eyes at something like that. But for others on the fence a little bit, oh, do I want a life of crime or do I want to walk the straight and narrow legally? Maybe a night or two in jail, maybe a few days, maybe a short stint in prison is enough to kind of scare you straight. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's rough out there. What, what do you do? What do you do? What are your thoughts? Call in 205-941-1011. Call or text. I want to hear what you have to say, but this is not what this is not loving. That is the big leftist talking point. That all of these things it's for racial equity and it's the right thing to do and it's loving and it's nice and it's kind. No, it's not. You are destroying your cities. These deeply blue cities are being destroyed by these policies. I'll talk with some Democrats, and I have a certain name for them. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, I, I call them uh, book Democrats. That's not a good way of putting it. But anyways, I, I have some Democrat friends who have only known conservative areas. They grew up in deeply red parts of the country, and they're Democrat for one reason or another. And, and I tell them, I say, okay, you are a Democrat, you're a book Democrat, you've read certain books, you've watched certain videos, and you're like, whoa, the Democratic Party is great. But I said, you're not a real Democrat in, in that you haven't lived in deeply blue areas. You haven't lived in Los Angeles, Minneapolis, San Francisco. You've lived in deeply red areas. And to be fair, deeply red areas will have their own problems. Alabama is a deeply red state. And we have our issues with things like uh, education. Sure, I get it. But if you go to deeply blue areas, namely the big cities, and you look at San Francisco and Los Angeles and the way they handle crime, the way they handle homelessness, is that great? Is that what you want? And so sometimes I'll, I'll kid, I'll joke, kind of sort of halfway with my Democrat friends that just just take a trip, walk downtown Los Angeles and look at Skid Row and all these different things, look at the homelessness, and is this what you want for when you come back to your deeply red area? Do you want that deeply red area to turn deeply blue and look like those cities? I don't really think so. But anyways, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about student loans and potential solutions. Uh, what would you do about student debt? That'll be our topic for the next uh, segment, taking us to 6 o'clock, and then we have another hour of the show. Call or text in 205-941-1011. Student debt. Thoughts? What would you do? How would you help the situation? I want to hear what you have to say. We are on FM 101.1 and AM 850, Mondays through Fridays, 5 to 7. We also have a website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. You can learn more about us. On the other side, student debt, what do we do? Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. 
The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, this is Mark Merrill, also known as Johnny B. Bad, the Batman of World Championship Wrestling and also the uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion. You are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. It's a good day to be a bad man. We are closing out the first hour of the show, but do not worry. We have another hour for you. We'll talk a little bit more about ministry in the second hour. To close out this first hour, we are talking about student debt. Now, costs have been rising, uh, tuitions rising, public four-year colleges grew from, I guess this is a year, from $4,160 a year to over $10,700 a year. So that's a public four-year college. And again, is this a semester or a year? Anyways, and then at a private nonprofit institution, uh, costs have gone from roughly $20,000 to $40,000, I'm going to assume, a year. So again, costs have doubled in the last 30 years. Then some other statistics, uh, $1.75 trillion is the total student loan debt, including, I guess, federal and private loans. $1.75 trillion. About $30,000 owed per borrower on average. And anyways, it's just, it's wild. 30000 so if you have student debt, I guess on average it's around $30,000 with $1.75 trillion in total. Are there solutions? I feel like we have to do now the what the left proposed was a bandage solution that wouldn't have fixed the root of the issue they said loan forgiveness the the uh, the the silly thing about that other than it's immoral um the, the silly thing about that is it doesn't fix the problem because students still sign the same loans so you forgive yesterday students but then tomorrow students have the same problem you're not fixing anything. You're just making people feel better so that you get votes in the next election. It was a whole ploy to get more votes. And knowing that most likely the Supreme Court was going to knock it down because, of course, it does. The president cannot forgive debt in that way. It has to be an act of Congress. So, of course, the president was going to not be able to do that. Anyways, it was all for election to, to, to try to buy votes regardless Regardless, uh, the student don't loan debt, what do we do? Let's talk about the system itself. Now, we're almost at the break, so I can't talk about it a lot. But what if colleges did what some trade schools will do, some tech schools will do? I in the Back in the day, I guess a few years ago, I was thinking about becoming some sort of computer programmer, website designer, something to do with coding and programming. And what a lot of tech schools will do is they will withhold some, some form of payment, you don't have to pay them, until you get a job. 
and then they'll take some of that salary from you to pay back your school debts. And so the school doesn't get paid until you do. And so that way you have a salary. I think that's brilliant. What if all schools did that? So instead of getting a degree in gender, fluid, non-binary, equestrian dance theory, then you have $200,000 of debt. You get out of school and there's no job for you and you just have the debt. What if we went to that model where schools will only get paid if you get paid and then you can start paying off your student loans that way anyways just a thought my name's nate williams don't go anywhere we'll be back on the other side